Okay, ladies, in this rapid fire seven part series, we are already on part number four, and we are exploring the term testimony. So these are short episodes that have been going on over the last few days and will continue for three more. And we are looking at testimony in the LDS faith and then also what it means to have a testimony as a Christian. So we're exploring the five different points of the Mormon testimony glove and kind of how that looks as a Christian. We're looking at each one of these fingers of the glove and kind of reframing our brain around the concepts biblically. So we're diving into the Bible and really looking at these points and seeing how this stands up biblically so that we can kind of just change our thought process on the terminology and what it means to have a testimony. So in today's episode, we're going to get a bit personal. We are talking about Joseph Smith, but since good old Joseph isn't in the Bible anywhere, or really in the Christian faith at all, I'd like to share a bit about my own testimony going all the way back to when I was eight. All right, let's jump in. Let me guess, the world keeps telling you you are enough. All on your own, you are enough. Well, I'm about to drop a truth bomb. On your own, you will never be enough. Wait, hold up. Okay, did I get your attention? I am Shelby Hosfield, and at times I was an ex-Mormon, agnostic, a Sunday Christian, and a New Age follower, but God had very different plans for me. The whole time I was living in a very big lie, that I was in charge somehow of my own enoughness and my works were going to save me and my life. Don't get me wrong, I am all about self-help and personal development, but as a born-again, fully transformed Christian, I learned there is the world's way, and there's God's way. To quote C.S. Lewis, the more we get ourselves out of the way and let him take us over, the more truly ourselves we become. You are enough not because of what you have done, but because what he has done. And he lives through you. If you are ready for Bible truths, theology, and apologetics, and wisdom from his word that will shape your life, your confidence, and yes, your feeling of enough, then friend, you are in the right place. This is Finding Faith Above. God is so crazy how he works sometimes. So here I am doing this whole testimony series uh, on the daily here. <laughs> but in my daily Bible study, I just so happened to land on a great passage about God's testimony, like totally just random. It was kind of wild how this all works because I don't normally find the word testimony in the Bible um, as much as you would think. But when I landed on this, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. So 1 John 5, 9 through, 9 through 12, we accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God, which he has given about his son. Whoever believes in his son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life, and whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I thought that was like really pretty interesting, kind of just cool how it talks about just God's word, what he's telling us. Like, yes, this is because what we talked about the other day about what testimony is and it's how Jesus has moved and changed our lives. So it's, it's really 
a testament to our personal Jesus journey. And this is God's Jesus journey. <laughs> so I think it's pretty awesome. So we're at the point in our five fingers of the LDS Mormon testimony glove, where it becomes very relocated to just the Mormon faith. It is not something as Christians that we share. So the third finger is that Joseph Smith is the prophet of God who was called to restore the gospel. Well, through this series, we have been looking at these points in an effort to, you know, kind of reframe our brains and relearn what the Bible says about concepts that we may have learned when we were part of the Mormon church. And now we're kind of looking at it through through fresh Bible eyes. Um, or if you are a new believer and you're just trying to gain that testimony for yourself. So going to the Bible and seeing what it says about God. But this is where it gets a little bit more difficult today because the Bible doesn't actually talk about Joseph Smith. Um, and it does talk about prophets, obviously. There are lots of prophets in the Bible. Um, it also warns of false prophets. Uh, and that's a, a good chunk of a lot of the um, warnings to the early churches is to be careful of false prophets. And the whole New Testament, well, that is all about the gospel and the good news of Jesus. So looking at uh, the finger for today, eh, it, it, it's it's a little bit more difficult for us to, to really look through biblical eyes because it's not in the Bible. <laughs> so today we are going to switch it up. And um, yes, this does have to still do with Joseph Smith, but we're going to we're going to do this a little bit differently. Uh, today is going to be a piece of, well, it's going to be a story. It's going to be a story about pursuit. So you may or may not know this, but I grew up in a mixed faith home. It wasn't totally mixed, really. Uh, my dad had returned back to the Mormon church. He, he had gone um, when he was younger and then he returned back to the church when I was two and that was just after my parents had been married um, when I was born and uh, and he returned back to the Mormon church at that time. I say it's mixed faith but really it was kind of LDS or the highway and my mom mostly chose the highway even though they stayed married and are still married happily uh, for 42 years but it was not an easy feat and um, God was not something that we talked about without major arguments uh, when I was younger so I did go to church with my dad every Sunday and we were never taught anything else um, that was the faith that we were brought up with in our home um, even though I was very aware that my mom did not approve and did not want to be a part of it. I know it's a little crazy, but I don't know if anybody else has an experience like that specifically, but everybody's journey is different when it comes to faith, I have learned. So when I turned eight, as we know, that that year is a big year in the Mormon church because that's the year then that you were baptized. Uh, but as the oldest child, where one parent expected it and the other one was slightly devastated at the thought of it. It was incredibly complicated and hard. <laughs> it just was really hard. I desperately did not want to be different from all of the other kids in church. And I didn't want to let anyone down in my family. And because of the, just all over the place with um, how different my parents thought about the church, I desperately wanted truth. 
even as a young kid, I really just wanted to know the truth. And it was very confusing. So I didn't get baptized at eight or nine or even 10, which was very weird and different. And as the years went on, the weirder it got at church. And I definitely was a bit more of an outsider. And uh, yeah, I was even like called out in class sometimes for it. And it was, it was odd. It was, it was very weird. Um, kids, they say that kids are resilient. They say they don't really know, but kids do know pressure. And they know when they are letting people down. And they know when they're an outsider. And they also know what it means to know Jesus. They do. Kids know that. And I knew that I felt like I had no idea. I was, I was very confused. And um, not to be like sob story, like sob story here or anything, but I did, I did cry myself to sleep a lot praying to God. Um, to just tell me that the church was true and that Joseph Smith was a prophet. And I wanted to know that it was all true. And that's what I prayed for. I didn't so much pray, hey, God, tell me if it's true. Uh, it was like, God, tell me it's true. <laughs> and tell me that Joseph Smith was was a true prophet. And I wanted, I wanted that um, so that I could have that security. But I thought he never answered me. Um, more onto that in a moment, but I really thought, I really thought I prayed and prayed and prayed and I never really got an answer. I was wrong, but so we didn't get baptized at 10. Um, did you know that if you are not baptized at eight, even if you've been going your whole life and, uh, you're still a kid that you will always be considered a convert. Interesting fact. I had to have missionaries and everything, um, at 10 come and talk to me before I got baptized. Um, yeah, kind of interesting fact there. I didn't realize that I was considered a convert until like only a few years ago, which I thought was kind of interesting. I mean, I did know that I had to have missionaries and everything, but, um, yeah, that's an interesting fact. But when I was in high school, for whatever reason, this doubt, confusion, and want to know God really increased again, uh, while sim simultaneously, Goodness gracious, I was pushing every boundary. Uh, I think I was just searching. I really was just searching for something to grasp onto. I didn't really have a good compass and I was I was struggling with it all. And I prayed, I prayed a lot and was very frustrated um, that I still felt like I didn't have answers. So I wanna remind you that at this time I did not read the Bible. So I was praying, like expecting just to have feelings about things, I think was mostly what I was going for. Um, didn't really have any way of God communicating back to me. And, uh, and so, yeah, so I, I'm not quite sure exactly how I expected God to just, poof, like all of a sudden, here's your sign. Um, but I mean, really that's, that's, I guess, kind of what I was expecting. Uh, but kind of interesting how he works. You never know <laughs> how it works, but, uh, or how he works, but I had this dream and I don't want to sound all woo woo at all here. It, it just, it really was a very profound, uh, moment for me and, um, had a lot of impact on me. And, uh, and so I do feel like in some crazy way, this was God's way of, of, speaking to me in my life at that time when I didn't have any other way of hearing him. And okay, so here's my funny dream. Okay. And it, 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 it does sound really funny, but <laughs> it, 
it really was profound at the same time. So I went to the grocery store. It was actually a grocery store right here in, uh, in my hometown. And I was super excited because everybody was saying, Jesus is here. He is at the supermarket. You have to come. And of course, I'm looking all around for him and searching all over. And all of a sudden I see him in the fruit section. Jesus is in the fruit section. I'm not quite sure if I know him or not. I'm just looking and I, but I can see all the children around him and, and, uh, and, and everybody was so excited that yes, this was Jesus. But the problem was I didn't really know him. And of course, I mean, he, he wasn't rude to me in any way, but I could tell that he didn't really know me either. And that's the part that shook me. It woke me from my dream. It, it freaked me out because it very clearly was Jesus in the fruit section, but he didn't know me. And I couldn't say for sure that I knew him. So I was happy, but I was confused, but I was sad. It was, um, yeah, it was a very interesting thing. And I didn't, I, I remember telling a friend of mine about it, like the next day, just like so shook up about this, but I just kind of filed it away. Um, I never forgot it. I can still see it all in my head now, which is kind of crazy, but, uh, but I kind of saved it for later because at the moment I still had no idea what God, or that he was even trying to tell me anything. So fast forward 20 plus years later, I finally came to Christ. I finally met God and I finally understood surrender. And we're going to talk more about that in the last episode of this series, but Yes, it was a, an amazing moment where I met God. And the craziest thing, I started to read the Bible because you want to get to know your creator once you meet him. <laughs> and so I started to read the Bible. And I, I started at the beginning in Matthew. And um, yeah, so little side note here. We all remember James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. The passage Joseph Smith prayed before he received the plates. It was the one I was told to remember when I prayed as a kid, asking for truth about the church over and over and over again. But there's another passage much like it in Matthew 7.7. 7, and here's how it goes. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. These are Jesus's words. He actually said them. Okay, so then are you ready for the crazy cool part? Okay, so I'm reading the Bible with fresh eyes. I mean, I'd never really done this before I, I met God, but I'm still just wanting to just get to know so much. So I'm in there and I'm like, yes, God, just tell me, tell me these things because I am loving this. I'm actually finally figured out that you could speak to us through these through this book. This is amazing. And so I read on and 715 in the ESV with the heading a tree and its fruit. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruit. Kind of crazy, right? <laughs> so I'm like, Jesus is in the fruit section. Oh my goodness. And then the next section right after that, you know what it says? This is Matthew 7, 21. The heading is, I never knew you. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven on that day may still say to me, Lord, Lord, 
Did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Holy smokes, right? So there it is all laid out in a little row for me. First, we have the ask, the prayer. Then we have the fruit section. And then we had, I never knew you all laid out. And this was in the first just little bits of me diving into the Bible after meeting God. And yes, when I met God, it changed everything. And I just had to go get to know him better. And so I dove into his word and I wanted to learn it all. And right there, first pages that I was reading, he was saying, yes, daughter, I I spoke to you years ago. I have been pursuing you this whole time. And so I want to kind of button this all up a little bit today with, uh, I told you that this was a story of pursuit. And for me, it was a story of pursuit having to do with, you know, what we were talking about um, in the five fingers of the LDS testimony of really trying to find the answers to whether or not Joseph Smith was a true prophet. And, uh, and that was that was my pursuit as as an eight year old little girl of my own pursuit. But God had a very different story of pursuit for me because he will leave the 99 for the one lost sheep every time and he will never forsake us and we just have to know how it is that we are to hear from him and so that's why we've been going back in this whole uh, in this whole series of going back to the bible because that is his word we pray And then we go back to his word where he can speak to us. It is a two-way relationship. And through his word, that's why we call it his word, (laughs) is because that's where we get to hear him in the Bible. We test everything against the Bible because that is his word. So all the way back in episode 88, we talked about what a testimony is. In the Christian faith, our testimony is what it says in 1 Peter, that it is the relationship, the experience we have had with Jesus that truly is the reason for the hope that we carry with us, how our life has personally changed and how we have been born again. It is our story of our Jesus journey. Thank you so much for letting me share a bit of my Jesus journey story with you today in the hopes that it will, it's the hope that's within within me, but I also truly do hope that it will inspire you to go read his word as well, because that's where the answers are, friend, and it's beautiful. Okay, so I have one last little thing before we go today. My beautiful little niece, she is five months old and she uh, was born with Down syndrome and she has just been a miracle, a rock. I mean, just the most amazing, strong little fighter from the very beginning, but she did have open heart surgery yesterday and uh, because it's pretty normal with Down's babies and so she did have open heart surgery, but she is doing amazing. She is so strong and she is awesome, but I would love it if you would keep her in your prayers as well because prayer I mean that faith can move mountains so I would greatly appreciate it her name is Kitson and uh, she's doing very well 
but um, you know, it's still recovery. So thank you guys for your prayers on that. And uh, today, after you're done listening, I want you to make sure to go jump into the show notes or go to findingfaithabove.com, get the resources um, because the resource library is amazing and it is going to help you on this journey. There's Bible studies, worship music, all the good stuff that helped me on my journey. That's what I put in here. <laughs> it literally is all the things that I'm like, wow, that is so helpful. I'm going to put it in the resource library for somebody else. So all of that's in there. So check it out in the show notes. And then again, this is day four of the seven part series. So we're halfway through more than halfway through. So go back and listen from starting at 88. If you're just jumping in now, and if you subscribe now, then you will also get uh, in on the next few episodes that we have here. And um, yeah, just share this with a friend. They can do it along with you. And I will see you guys tomorrow.